Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 8.59 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. It is the 22nd day of March, January, February, March, getting getting in there. 2023, we're almost, uh, first quarter's almost done, guys. First quarter, almost over. Today is FOMAC Day. It is also episode 688 of Bitcoin. And yeah, it's FOMAC Day. It is, the celebrations. The celebrations. We, I mean, nobody gave a shit about FOMAC Day five years ago, except bankers. The only people that ever gave shit one about FOMAC Day, bankers. Now, now just general plebs. Even people outside of Bitcoin that are also outside of banking that are just like, you know, nurses and doctors and shit that never wanted to have anything to do with any of this crap. Now every everybody is like wondering about what what's going to happen today. Easy. They're going to raise rates by 25 basis points. That's what's going to happen today. <laughs> could I be wrong? Sure, I could be wrong. You, are you going to be able to laugh at me when if I'm wrong? Sure, go ahead, man. Send me a boostagram about it. Tell me how wrong I am. And you know, and that's fine. Like I said, I always reserve the right to be absolutely wrong. But I really think that if if they don't raise, they will and they will not drop. Okay, I don't know what what Elon Musk is smoking, but they're not they're not going to drop this by 50 basis points today. That would be a catastrophe. If they don't raise rates today, it'll be a mini catastrophe because it'll signal what? Weakness. Nobody in the world wants to see the Federal Reserve, which right now holds all the keys to the kingdom, flash a weak signal. Everybody, I, I, you know, in this sentiment, I've been looking at the graph today, the, the market sentiment, oh, well, they're, they're definitely not going to raise. It's like now 74% of, of market analysts and people with PhDs and, you know, economics and all that crap, they're all basically saying that they're not going to raise today. So I, you know, I very well could be wrong, but I don't see why they don't want them to raise because they all know that if Jerome Powell does not do a 25 bip, a bip raise today, it's going to flash weakness and the entire global market is going to have problems in, in ways that we don't properly understand. Jerome knows that. He's not an idiot. I still think that there's a little bit of, <clears throat> I, I mean, I, I think that this is sort of like elder abuse, you know, right? They, they, not a whole lot of people should have come out of the woodwork when he was asked or he decided to become Fed chairman for a second term and actually spent time fighting for it. 
by getting reconfirmed in Congress and all the shit that goes along with that, somebody should have said, Jerome, dude, you're, you're out. Go enjoy retirement. Now you've got, you're, you're chairman of the Fed. You've got $50,000, $100,000 of pop speaking engagements now until the day you die. Go enjoy yourself. You've earned it. I'm not saying that I necessarily like the guy. I'm just saying it seems to me that it was elder abuse that his closest people were not telling him, run away, man, run away. I, I, I mean, I don't get it, but be that as it may, be that as it may. He is the chairman for a second term and shit is burning down on his watch. That's why I kind of think it's elder abuse that, that he didn't have more people telling him, don't, do not do this. Do not do this. Congressmen should have been calling him on the phone saying, look, I'm sitting on your confirmation board hearings and yeah, you got all the, you got all the chops there, Jerome, but dude, you know, why don't, why don't you step this, sit this one out and go enjoy yourself? I don't, I don't know. Seems like elder abuse to me. Now, yeah, let's see if I got any boostograms from yesterday's show, episode 687. I got, ooh, shit, Sats McDuck. 21,000 Satoshis, dude, value for value, he says. Uh, clearly. <laughs> Fatoshi, 5,555 Satoshis. Obsidian looks cool. Linux and Android versions. Oh, li- okay, they do have a Linux version, so don't sleep on this. Looking forward to brain dumping. Fatoshi with another 5,555 sats says Obsidian looks cool. Linux and Android's version. Okay, it's the same note, but it's twice. Actually, no, it's three times with another 5,555 sats. So I wonder if this is a glitch and somehow or another my fountain app is showing me this three times or if Fatoshi liked it so much that he gave me 5,555 Satoshis times three in the same note. Who knows? But now we're on to J.C. Denton. 2,100 sat says, Obsidian is fantastic. I've been using it for years. It just uses plain markdown files or in folders, so your data is yours. It's yours. It's yours. It has a massive ecosystem of plugins. Yeah, I didn't. I failed to mention that. It has a massive ecosystem of plugins as well, which makes it even better. And then there's a reply to JC Denton by JC Denton themselves says, also the paid sync option is using their servers, so you don't need to use iCloud or anything. Oh, that's interesting. You can always use Dropbox, Nextcloud, iCloud, or whatever to sync your vaults for free. I pay for their own sync function because I like supporting the developers, and it allows some more fine-grained control over what to sync and what not to. Nice. Interesting. Okay, uh, Elite. We got 1,337 Satoshi says, testes, testes, one, two, three. Got Hot Potato Head with 1,000 Satoshi says, is this where I donate to stabilize the banks? Yes. Yes, it is. Boost me more. I'll stabilize all the banking. Fatoshi with another 555 sats says, first, Blizza with 420 sats says, make boosting great again. Nick underscore dose with 369 says, cheers, as usual. Nick underscore dose with another 269 sats says Natalie Brunel. What the? I knew I was going to get shit for that. (laughs) 210 sats. Thank you. Obsidian sounds great. Okay. Glad I could help. Uh, Go look at Obsidian. 
If you need a brain dump, if you need a place to sketch out your ideas, if you're writing a book, if you're writing articles, if you're putting together a YouTube channel, this is a place to organize all that shit. Will you understand exactly how to use it right out of the box? No, no, you won't. You'll need help. And you know what you need? You know what you need to do if you need to go find help on something, especially when it comes to software or computers? Go to YouTube. I don't like YouTube. I hate it. But the problem is, is that it's got a lot of really good content creators on it that are here to help you. And many of them do it for free. And I'm going to say, I'm going to shill this shit again, Nick Milo. I mean, yes, a little ASMR, a little bit of, you know, somebody will say milk toast. But hey, he's got a family to feed, right? So he's not going to piss off YouTube. He's going to do everything proper. He's not going to use any language. He's going to be above board, straight lace, suit and tie, even though he doesn't actually wear a suit and tie. But I'll tell you this about Nick Milo. The dude knows what he's doing. Because it's not just how to use Obsidian as an application because there's more to it than that. What is a linked note? What is personal knowledge management? All that shit. All that shit. You get, you'll get a crash course for free with beginning Obsidian and all that kind of stuff. And no, I don't know, Nick. I'm shilling him because I think he has a good product. And because nobody gets to tell me what to do on this show, I can do whatever the hell I want on this show. Now, with all that said, shall we go to Africa? I think we shall. Arjit Sarkar, Cointelegraph, Nigeria, CBDC adoption spikes as fiat currency shortage grips the nation. I knew that this was, was the plan. They were, shit, they were shitting on their own fiat paper to make sure everybody had no choice but to go into their own CBDC, even though... Bitcoin's sitting there for anybody in the world to use. Let's get into this one. Nearly 18 months after launching its in-house central bank digital currency, the e-Naira, Nigeria is seeing increased adoption of in the CBDC as national fiat reserve faces severe shortages. The acute cash shortage in Nigeria was due to the central bank's decision to replace older bank notes with bigger denominations amid rising inflation. While developing nations were among the first to acknowledge the importance of a CBDC in revamping fiat capabilities, the idea is, of course, yet to materialize. However, the lack of physical cash forced Nigerians to use the bullshit e-Naira. In a country where cash accounts for about 90% of transactions, the value of e-Naira transactions increased 63% to 22 billion Naira or $47.7 million revealed a Bloomberg report. Moreover, according to Godwin Emifiel, governor of the Central Bank of Nigeria, the total number of CBDC wallets grew more than 12x compared with October of 2022 and is currently sitting at 13 million wallet addresses. Oh God, the, <clears throat> the demonetization reduced the circulating cash supply from 3.2 trillion Naira to 1 trillion Naira. I'm gonna say it again. The demonetization reduced the circulating cash supply from 3.2 trillion to 1 trillion Naira. Compensating for this decline, 
Nigeria minted over 10 billion e-Nairas. In addition, e-Naira payouts in government initiatives and social schemes also contribute to the increase in CBDC's adoption. For developing countries, CBDCs present a way to overcome challenges presented by the fiat economy, which includes reducing operating costs and strengthening anti-money laundering initiatives. Bullshit. That's not why they're doing it, but let's continue. Quote, the e-Naira has emerged as the electronic payment channel of choice for financial inclusion and executing social interventions, concluded Emifil, or have you pronounced this asshole's name? Amid the cash crunch, Nigerians have been presented with another option for procuring cryptocurrencies. Oh, great. Here we go. MetaMask's parent firm Consensus recently announced a new MoonPay integration which allows Nigerians to purchase crypto via bank transfers. As shown in the above screenshot, the new feature is available within the MetaMask mobile and portfolio DAP significantly simplifying buying crypto without using credit or debit cards in Nigeria. All these people need to die. I'm sorry, but all these people need to die. (laughs) Or vaporized or abducted by aliens. I don't care how they're gone. They just need to be gone. Because what's going on here is the enslavement of the population of Nigeria and you can laugh all you want. You can. I don't blame you. You know, it's going to be a hard, it's going to be a hard 10 years for, you know, the getting rid of the rest of the filth that is the word conspiracy theorist, which was coined by the CIA to basically make anybody who had questions about the Kennedy assassination uh, look like an idiot is essentially where that word came from. And that's, that's not an exaggeration. That's before... Uh, <clears throat> what was it? The Warren Commission? I can't remember who was who was doing the uh, Kennedy. Whoever was investigating the uh, Kennedy assassination before that investigation, before you know, President Kennedy got his head blown off. Nobody ever he- used the word conspiracy theorist. There was it did not exist until people started raising questions about the assassination of John F. Kennedy. They didn't really think. Even back day one, they were like, there's no way that this dude chilling up by himself in this you know, book depository was able to take three shots in six, rapid succession with a bolt action rifle on a moving target that far away. It wasn't a scoped rifle. As far as I know, it wasn't scoped. It doesn't even matter if it was fucking scoped. It's a moving target. You've got a bolt action that it's just everything about the whole thing, even back in the day, sent people freaking out. They're like, there's no way. So what did the CIA do? The rest of the intelligence apparatus of the United States, which is probably responsible for the whole thing in the first fucking place, said, no, you're a conspiracy theorist. It's a theory of a conspiracy and it's coming out of you and that makes you a conspiracy theorist. And pretty much they got away with it. Or who, who, whoever, who had the most to gain by them finding out exactly who did the thing? Well, it was the exact agency that was functionally able to shut down any narrative whatsoever about questioning the official narrative. That's CIA. That's the intelligence apparatus of the United States of America, which I don't think is actually an American institution any longer. I think it's a rogue. I think it's rogue. Hell, 
Kennedy wanted to shut the hell the thing down anyway himself. And he also wanted to basically get us uh, have silver denominated notes. He wanted us to have a silver backed dollar or something. I can't remember. It was a silver note or something. And then he said, one other thing is military industrial complex is evil. And days later, the dude was gone. Just too much bullshit about it. But in Nigeria, what they've done is that they've, I mean, the weapon no longer has to be, you know, government sponsored terrorism or anything like that to get people to fall in line. No, you just basically take their cash away and give them only one mode of transacting with each other. And who comes in? The shit coiners almost immediately. But my problem is, is that when I was talking about Nigeria three or four weeks ago, nobody was adopting it. And then all of a sudden they pull the triggers on that whole cash thing. And all of a sudden they've got a, what'd they say? A 66% increase. Let me see if I can find that again. I don't know if I'm going to be able to see that. Uh, do, 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 do. Hold on. Dun -dun. Holding, holding. Shit, I can't find it. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Anyway, yeah, oh no, here it is. Increase 63%. E-Naira transactions have increased 63%. Wow. There, it's working. See, that's my problem is that it's working. I don't know what to say to these guys. They're They're going to end up successfully enslaving the entire population of Nigeria. I don't think we should give up though. I don't think we should give up on the Nigerians. If you want to orange pill somebody, I th I really think that Nigeria and all of Latin America, they're the ones that are the most important. And then the rest of Africa and then the rest of all the other places that I think care because the West right now, eating at McDonald's, do not care. Now, except for maybe this guy, and I I don't know about Ted, but GOP Senator Ted Cruz proposes a ban on CBDCs. This is Coindesk written by Stephen Alfer. Senator Ted Cruz from Texas introduced a bill on Tuesday aimed at blocking the Federal Reserve from creating a consumer-based central bank digital currency or CBDC. Quote, the federal government has no authority to unilaterally establish a central bank currency this bill goes a long way in making sure big government doesn't attempt to centralize or control cryptocurrency and instead allows it to thrive in the United States, said Ted Cruz and wrapped his words up in government suit speak. How many times do you hear that? This bill goes a long way to X. Is that like, is that like part, is that, is, is that like in a manual somewhere? Whatever. The bill was co-sponsored by Senators Mike Braun from Indiana and Charles Grassley from Iowa. Earlier this week, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who is likely the GOP presidential candidate, introduced a bill to prohibit the use of a national CBDC in Florida. And I love how they just do that. Who is a likely GOP, pre oh, okay, they say a likely GOP presidential candidate, not the likely GOP uh, presidential candidate. Sorry, never mind. I was going to get into that, but we don't need to now. Uh, the president's economic report blasts crypto for, quote, ignorance of basic economic principles. <laughs> yeah, Ryan Azawa decrypt. 
Crypto.co. The White House today poured cold water on crypto, accentuating the negative aspects of digital assets throughout a massive 513-page annual report that I might add nobody will read because it's 513 pages. You could have said it in 20. The first reference to digital assets in the 2023 economic report of the president issued along with a yearly update issued by the Council of Economic Advisors asserts that blockchain technology has fueled the rise of financially innovative digital assets that have proven to be highly volatile and subject to fraud. And that was on page 43. (laughs) quote, although advocates often claim that digital assets, particularly crypto assets, are a revolutionary innovation, the design of these assets frequently reflects an ignorance of basic economic principles that have been learned in economics and finance over centuries. The report continues five pages later, quote, This inadequate design is often detrimental to consumers and investors. I'm going to paraphrase that. You're too fucking stupid to understand anything about money. Let us handle it. You believe us. When we tell you something's fraud, you're going to believe us, right? You're going to take our money. You can't have that money. That money's bad for you, man. And if you don't believe me, you're a conspiracy theorist. Fuck these people. The overall report, which includes over 100 pages of appendices, covers all aspects of the United States economy, including the rise of women in the labor force, climate change, imported goods, foreign investment, and, of course, education. But several sections address technology and digital markets. Chapter 7 is titled, Competition in the Digital Economy, Colon, New Technologies, Old Economics. And chapter eight takes crypto head on under the heading digital assets, colon, relearning economic principles. Cause you're too freaking stupid to understand how we've destroyed your world, right? The conclusion, crypto advocates need to go back to school as they are relearning the lessons from previous financial crises the hard way. Quote, in addition to the decentralized custody and control of money, it has been argued that crypto assets may provide other benefits such as improving payment systems, increasing financial inclusion, and creating mechanisms for the distribution of intellectual property and financial value that bypass intermediaries, the authors wrote. Quote, so far, crypto assets have brought None of these benefits. The costs of crypto, meanwhile, have adversely impacted consumers, the financial system, and even the physical environment. Oh my God, we're we're killing barn owls. Quote, indeed, crypto assets to date do not appear to offer investments with any fundamental value, nor, 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 nor do they act as an effective alternative to fiat money. Oh, all your fiats. They don't improve financial inclusion, nor do they make payments more efficient, the authors wrote. Quote, instead, their innovation has been mostly about creating artificial scarcity in order to support crypto asset prices. Many of them have no fundamental value, they added. The authors then worked their way through a number of claims made by crypto proponents, including the belief that crypto assets could be investment vehicles, could function like money without a central authority, enable fast digital payments and increase financial inclusion, and reduce the unbanked and the underbanked. An extensive list of refutations follow, focused on potential harm to consumers and the, oh my God, the lack of regulation and enforcement, quote, One of the principal areas where there is mass non-compliance and disclosures surrounding crypto assets 
that are securities, the report states, before returning to a running theme, quote, this lack of disclosure prevents investors from recognizing that most crypto assets have no fundamental value. In that one, they are right. The council even takes a step back and takes a stab at explaining Web3, quote, proponents of blockchain technology claim that it will not only improve firms' performance, but will also be the backbone of an entirely new internet, Web3, the so-called new internet, they wrote, citing Signal app founder and cryptographer Moxie Marlinspike. The section concludes that some centralization is inevitable. Quote, once a distributed ecosystem centralizes around a platform for convenience, it becomes the worst of both worlds, the report notes, centralized control, but still distributed enough to become mired in time, whatever the fuck that means. Come on. Okay, give it to them for 99.9995% of all the crypto out there. This report actually makes sense. So therefore, the report in and of itself is actually a good report. It just has nothing to do with Bitcoin. And as long as you can keep those two ideas separate, you'll be fine. But for the the problem with this report is that it's a it's you know it's basically a truth about shit coins and shit coinery and all the rest of the garbage that we've seen. How how is this report not going to be written after what we've witnessed since what? Well, since the rise of shit coinery in the first place. It's just scam after scam after scam after scam after rug pull after rug pull after rug pull after rug pull. Of course this report was going to be written. Of course it was going to say what it says. It has nothing whatsoever to do with Bitcoin itself. But the problem that I alluded to, how many normies are going to be able to separate that out? Education is beyond critical at this point, ladies and gentlemen. Reach of people is beyond critical at this juncture. Reaching those people and providing good quality education in these matters is our number one priority. I don't know how to do it outside of this podcast. If you guys want people to, you know, send send your friends to somebody who will constantly hammer the fact that Bitcoin has nothing to do with the rest of this crap, you send them to me. I'll educate their ass. But as to, you know, for the rest of, you know, for the rest of the nuances and stuff, there are so many people out there. There's so many good, high quality Bitcoiners that feel the same way. But it's be, between this report that are going to be, that's going to be, it's going to be digested and regurgitated by the talking heads on CNBC, MSNBC, NBC, CBS, you name it. And the people that they're going to barf it, the people's mouths that they're going to barf this bullshit into is going to be your fellow Americans. And they're going to think, unless you tell them differently, that Bitcoin is part of all this and they're going to believe it. And once they ingest it, digest it and poop it out, then that quote unquote nutritional value will become part of their everyday brain space. We cannot let that happen. We can't let it happen to Nigerians or Kenyans or any of the Latin Americans. No, all of us have to work together to find these people and make sure they do not 
permanently put on the goggles of darkness so that all they can witness is the shadows upon the wall. We got to pull them out of the cave, people. We got to pull them out of the cave. Otherwise, well, misconceptions will continue. Like this one, CFTC Commissioner on Innovation Commodities and Misconceptions about Bitcoin Regulation. Bitcoin Magazine, written by Becca Bratcher. In light of recent events, many in the Bitcoin community are looking for regulatory clarity, now more than ever. Questions such as who should regulate Bitcoin and will the U.S. allow Bitcoin innovation or pursue a central bank digital currency? Well, they're all at the top of the list. To learn more about the regulatory landscape for Bitcoin-focused businesses, I sat down with Sumner, no, Summer Mersinger, the Commissioner for the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, or the CFTC, to get her thoughts on this issue and more. Messenger has been serving at the CFTC since 2022 after being appointed by President Biden, <laughs> yay Joe, and confirmed by the United States Senate. She received her bachelor's degree from the University of Minnesota and then a law degree from Columbus School of Law in Washington, D.C. She spent 20 years on Capitol Hill, blah, 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 blah. The first question, how did you first learn about Bitcoin and what specifically drew you to it? Although I cannot recall the exact timing of when I first learned about Bitcoin, I can say that what drew me to it was the technology involved. The CFTC, where I serve, like what? A servant? Where I serve? That's interesting language. The CFTC, where I serve, regulates trading and derivatives products that are used for price discovery and risk management purposes. The CFTC is a technology neutral regulator, which means in practice, we do not view any one technology as better or worse than other technologies. And admittedly, as regulators, we are sometimes skeptical of the new and the unknown. But a big part of our job is to make sure that all existing and emerging technologies can compete on a level playing field. Our governing statute, the Commodity Exchange Act, specifically identifies one of its purposes as being to promote responsible innovation and fair competition in light of the opportunities that innovate and groundbreaking blockchain technology presents for the derivatives markets that we regulate. My focus is on assuring that we at the CFTC take that mission seriously. It's just suit speak right now. Hopefully she'll say something meaningful later. Why? Why, why do you think it is important that Bitcoin is regulated by the CFTC as a commodity? This is one of my favorite questions to answer. The CFTC is a market regulator of commodity futures, along with other types of derivatives. Not of the commodities themselves. I often use the example of the cattle markets to explain the significance of this distinction. The CFTC has regulatory oversight with respect to cattle futures contracts traded on our registered exchanges to provide price discovery and hedging opportunities regarding cattle in the United States. We are knowledgeable and well-equipped to oversee the cattle futures market. However, we are not knowledgeable or well-equipped to oversee cattle as a commodity. Cattle auction houses and livestock stockyards are best left to the experts at the United States Department of Agriculture. Understanding the distinction between the commodity futures market and the underlying commodity market is critical to understanding the current regulatory environment for digital assets such as Bitcoin. 
As it stands now, like all other commodities, the CFTC regulates the trading of Bitcoin futures contracts, but the CFTC does not regulate Bitcoin itself or the Bitcoin spot markets, which are akin to the cattle auction houses and livestock stockyards in my cattle example. Unlike in my cattle example, there is currently no federal regulator of Bitcoin or Bitcoin spot markets. It is true that the CFTC does currently have enforcement enforcement authority to pursue claims of fraud and manipulation in commodity markets. With that authority, our agency does have the ability to bring anti-fraud and anti-manipulation charges in the buying and selling of Bitcoin. However, that authority is exercised after the fact. By the time we act, the fraud and or manipulation has already occurred. I believe that filling the gap in federal oversight of digital asset commodity markets like Bitcoin is a task best left to the legislative process through congressional authority. How do you typically respond to those who are dismissive of Bitcoin? Whether you embrace or dismiss the utility of Bitcoin, it is hard to argue against the benefits of Jesus, blockchain technology. These benefits go far beyond cryptocurrencies and regardless of whether or not you become a Bitcoin adopter, I believe that the underlying technology will have a positive impact on society. Pausing, catch a breath. How old is this bullshit of the underlying technology being more important than Bitcoin? How old is this? How many times have you heard this? How many times has it never proven to be absolutely of any utility whatsoever to anything other than money? Zero. The answer to that question is zero. In the derivatives world, we have seen this scenario play out before. For decades, almost all commodity futures trading was done through open outcry. That is, Traders would literally be yelling, hence the term open outcry, and gesturing wildly, and to consummate trades, they would write them down on slips of paper. The pits were hot, loud, and chaotic, but this was the only way most CFTC-regulated products were traded. Today, we have electronic markets, legislative and regulatory changes a little over 20 years ago allowed electronic markets to develop alongside open outcry markets and compete. At first, the incumbent scheme was dominant. Then the two ways of trading coexisted. And finally, the more efficient technology gained widespread adoption. Thus, we simply need to look back at our history to see what we have successfully allowed substantial technology innovations in the past, which over time have made our regulated derivatives markets more efficient. I believe we are nearing a similar inflection point for blockchain technology. In your opinion, why is it important to close the gender gap in Bitcoin interest and adoption? Really? Really? I'm going to be forced to do this because I don't think it's wise for me just to edit shit for you. So I'm going to read this, right? You may not want to hear it, but I'm going to read it because ethically, I can't not just include this because I'm already, my jimmies are already rustled. We need to close the gender gap everywhere both in Bitcoin interest and adoption, as well as in traditional finance. With a population split roughly 50-50 male to female, every sector in the economy should logically reflect an even split. If it does not, clearly there is an opportunity to do better. Staying on my focus surrounding the underlying blockchain technology, I'm very concerned about a gender gap within the science and technology fields. 
There's no reason for this gap to exist, and we have to ask ourselves why it does. Again, with a mostly evenly split population, lopsided participation by one gender is very likely a symptom of a more serious underlying condition. Looking back once again to the history of open outcry in the derivatives markets, it took several decades before the first woman trader or traded futures in the pits during the 1960s. We can and must improve this time around. There's your wokeism. I did it. I did it just so, so that nobody could say you're an unethical bastard. You didn't include it just because it had gender. I included it. I did my bit for king and country. Now we can move on to something that pisses people off even more. That would be Tether. <laughs> Ezra Reguera, Cointelegraph. Tether CTO on USDC DPEG. Maxis were right all along. <laughs> yeah, I look, I don't hate Palo Arduino, but I'm not I'm not a Tether lover. I I I don't defend Tether, but the Tether FUD is just sometimes it just becomes so weird. But let's see what what's going on here. At Paris Blockchain Week 2023, Tether Chief Technology Officer Paolo Arduino spoke with Cointelegraph reporter Joseph Hall to discuss topics such as USD coin breaking its dollar peg and your, yeah, USD coin breaking its dollar peg and how it highlights the importance of Bitcoin and decentralization. According to Arduino, Stablecoin issuers should always make sure that their reserves remain protected. The Tether executive believes that a stablecoin's issuer's job is to protect reserves and funds with all its capabilities. He explained, quote, <clears throat> I think the mistake of our competitor was to leave three billion or more that was uninsured sitting in the bank. And I was surprised to see this lack of understanding of risk management from big competitors in the space. Ooh, Taking a little bite out of uh, USDC there, Paolo. In addition, the Tether executive explained that he thought that overexposure in a single jurisdiction, which in this case would be the United States, could cause great issues. In the end, this is what happened, said Arduino. Quote, to us, relying on a diverse set of jurisdictions is extremely important. In decentralization, in distribution, there is more safety. End quote. When asked what he thought about USDC potentially going to zero, Arduino pointed out that his firm was not hoping for this to happen. He said that if Tether remained the only stablecoin in the market, the industry would not be an industry. Quote, if you are alone in the industry, it's not really an industry. End quote. Apart from the USDC incident, the duo also discussed other issues such as the dollar being a store of value and Bitcoin payment adoption in Lugano, Switzerland. When asked if the US dollar can still be considered a store of value, Arduino said that this could be the case in some countries. However, the Tether CTO expressed that in terms of storing wealth, Bitcoin is still the best. He said, quote, I think that Bitcoin is really the ultimate way to hold your own wealth and is the safest way. And I think that, if anything, what is happening in this, in these months, is just, you know, demonstrating that the Bitcoiners and Bitcoin maxis were, you know, right all along, end quote. Lastly, the Tether executive also spoke out about his firm's collaboration with American clothing brand Guess to bring Bitcoin and Tether payments to retail stores in Lugano. Plan B, which is a joint product or project between Tether and the city of Lugano, collaborated with Guess 
to accept Bitcoin and Tether in local stores. I didn't know that Guess was part of this. I remember Guess jeans commercials when I was around in seventh grade. Yeah, 80s, early 80s. Guess jeans were everywhere. Chick jeans only, though. You didn't wear them if you were a guy. That didn't come until way later. But, you know, that's all you saw chicks wear. It was like, God, you know, all of a sudden I see a commercial for the first time about guest jeans. Within two weeks, every girl at school was wearing guest jeans. That's the power of marketing, ladies and gentlemen. Somehow or another, we may want to learn those techniques to be able to save as many Nigerians and Latin Americans and Africans that we possibly fucking can. Sorry, don't, I shouldn't go off on rants all the time. Let's cool the engines. Let's run the numbers. CNBC futures and commodities. Still no word on what FOMAC's going to do. I don't know if there's a set time that they're going to release what they've actually decided to do or or what. So uh, still no news as to whether or not they're going to raise rates. Energy. We've got West Texas Intermediate. Uh, 1.35% to the upside, topping over 70 bucks by 62 cents. Brent North Sea, 1.38% to the upside, $76.36 a barrel. Natural gas erasing everything that it did yesterday by going down 4.47% to land and nest and have its little babies around 2.24 US dollars per thousand cubic feet. Gasoline up two and a quarter points to $2.59 a gallon. All your shiny metal rocks. Shift be praised. They're all up. Gold is up by half a point, $19.52.20. Silver up almost two points to $22.84. Jeez. Uh, Platinum up uh, 1.13%. Copper is up 1.39. And palladium shooting it to the moon, 5.16% to the upside. Ag is mixed. Biggest loser today is going to be who? who, 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 who? Oh, it's wheat. 2.01% to the downside. Biggest winner is my favorite, chocolate. 2.06% to the upside. Getting into the indices, we've got Dow. Everything's kind of moving sideways, as you might expect. But Dow is down a fifth of a point. S&P is down a fifth of a point. Uh, NASDAQ is up 0.11%. point. Zero point eleven percent. S and P mini is down a full half point, and I don't care about any of it because real money's at twenty eight thousand five hundred and forty one dollars and twelve cents, and that's after over half a million BTC have exchanged hands in the last twenty four hours, with an average transaction value of one point six three BTC, a median transaction value of zero point zero one three BTC, or about three hundred. And 57 bucks. Block times are horrendously low. Eight minutes and 40 seconds. Yeehaw. We've got 0.2 BTC taken in fees on a per block basis and 33 and a half BTC taken in fees overall in the last 24 hour period. And with a slight dip in hash rate, 0.2%, we are at 3248 exahashes per second, and your shit coins have kind of rebounding a little bit because Dogecoin is at 7.7 United States pennies. Yesterday, I believe it was at 7.4 or 7.5. I honestly don't give a shit. 
$554.7 billion of market capitalization is 4.27% of gold's entire market cap. And if you so choose, you may purchase 14.8 ounces of shiny metal rocks with your one Bitcoin, of which there are 19,324,711.96 of, and 5,422.5 and of those sons of bitches are jam-packed into the Lightning Network valued at $155.7 million being run over 16,345 nodes that we know about sporting 75,339 public payment channels and 67.0% of all of it is being run over Tor. There are currently 31,335 transactions awaiting 70 blocks to clear. You know, I think I need to make this a habit of checking mempool right now when, when shit gets up this high. Because Clark, see, mempool.space is saying that we're waiting on 190 blocks and there are four, 45,000? Yeah, like 45, 47,000 transactions are waiting in various mempools. You know, because it's not just one mempool. I'm running my own mempool. Clark Moody's running his own mempool mempool.space is it has its own mempool so yeah just i'm just saying be you know be aware be very aware anyway uh, co- according to clark moody we have a 4.93 satoshi per v byte minimum fee rate i would probably say that the minimum fee rate's more like 7 with 190 blocks waiting to clear estimated difficulty change is 5.8% to the upside Uh, on March the 23rd, 2023. That's the weather report. Welcome to part two of the news you can use. Now, while Ted Cruz is introducing bills at the federal level to combat CBDCs back in Texas, The Texas House introduces a bill to boost local Bitcoin economy and protect rights of individual BTC ownership. BTC Casey tells us more, Bitcoin Magazine. A bill that would fully protect and welcome the Bitcoin economy has been introduced to the state, Texas State House of Representatives. Pausing to let you guys know around the world, Texas State has a bicameral type state legislature. It has the Texas Senate. It has the Texas House of Representatives. The governor acts as the executive and we have the Texas Supreme Court. It's almost a complete mirror image of the way the United States runs at the federal level, but we're talking at the state level. So this only concerns Texas. Just wanted to clear that up. Sponsored by Representative Cody Harris and co-authored by the Bitcoin Policy Institute's Natalie Smolensky and Jason Brett, House Concurrent Resolution 89 describes how the Chinese government's banning of Bitcoin mining and trading in 2021 is an authoritarian form of rule that is in complete opposition to the values of the United States. This ban led to the quick migration of hash rate from China into the United States, mainly Texas, which has been reaping the benefits of the explosion in activity. As such, the bill describes that the Lone Star State has certain principles regarding items of value that are embedded in the Texas Constitution, and these principles should be applied to all citizens with respect 
to the use and storage of Bitcoin. Pausing again to make a clarification point. Unlike a lot of other states and unlike the United States Code, USC, at the federal level, the way, and it's, it's bass hackers, I'll, I'll give it that, but the way that the Texas law works, you're against the law if you go against one of the several thousand amendments to the Texas Constitution. That's where we put our laws. <clears throat> At the federal level, <clears throat> the United States Code is the book of law that is written. It's the law of the land, as well as the Constitution of the United States. In Texas, we combined them all together to make a smash sandwich. You ever take two pieces of bread and smash them together? That's a smash sandwich. That's the way we did it in Texas. I don't think it's the best form of government, but it's worked pretty far, you know, pretty well so far. Again, it is what it is. Just clarification point. Uh, the principles. Quote, express support for protecting individuals who code or develop on the Bitcoin network which is a key component of protecting Bitcoin within a state. In addition, the state will ensure that individuals who mine Bitcoin in Texas will never be inhibited by any law or resolution that restricts the practice of securing the Bitcoin network for the safety of the virtual currency, which is held and transferred peer-to-peer. According to the bill, individuals who own Bitcoin are protected under Section 9, Article 1 of the Texas Constitution, which states that, quote, the people shall be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and possessions from all unreasonable seizures and searches. End quote. This right, the bill says, shall extend to digital possessions such as cryptocurrencies. Quote, no citizen of Texas shall ever be deprived of their right to own Bitcoin and that all Bitcoin owners will be protected as they enjoy all the privileges associated with the cryptocurrency, including the immunity afforded by censorship-resistant spending of Bitcoin and the ability to store Bitcoin in an unhosted wallet without due interference from any state agency. These protections shall be extended to Bitcoin owners in quote. Now I know exactly, exactly <laughs> who wrote that part? That is actually, that's going to be the, uh, oh, where, where was it? The Bitcoin Policy Institute. That's where, the, that's what the Bitcoin Policy Institute does. You might want to consider flipping them a few Satoshis. Okay. I need to do that too. I'm just, sometimes it's, it's not when it dawns on me exactly what somebody does that I go, oh shit. Well, this is, you're, you're, you're in the moment with me, motherfucker. That's exactly what Bitcoin Policy Institute and the people that work for them, that's what they do. They go and they hang out with these guys and they say, okay, look, I know that you want to protect, you know, this kind of thing. This is the language that you need to insert. Otherwise, you're going to get hosed on your bill. This doesn't guarantee that this bill will pass, but check out the language. I'm not replacing, <clears throat> I'm not replacing cryptocurrency with the word Bitcoin. This is actually in the bill. Okay, sometimes I do that in news articles. This time I am not. This actually says no citizen of Texas shall ever be deprived of their right to own Bitcoin and that all Bitcoin owners will be protected. It actually says that in the bill. Thank God for these people. Those in the United States and the broader global network who work on Bitcoin coding, programming, and mining shall know by this resolution 
that the Bitcoin economy is welcome in Texas and that the Texas legislature shall always seek to protect the rights of its citizens under the law and foster the growth and development of local businesses. In addition, all those in the broader community who choose to own Bitcoin, again, I'm not replacing the word, all those in the broader community who choose to own Bitcoin as a manner of storing their wealth and transacting peer-to-peer with other law-abiding Texas citizens shall always feel free and safe in their ownership and use of Bitcoin in the state of Texas. Holy shit, this bill concludes with a welcome to, quote, those in the United States and the broader global network who work on Bitcoin coding, programming, and mining, describing that in their individual rights to possess and use Bitcoin as well as the rights of their Bitcoin enterprises are not only encouraged in Texas, but protected. According to the legislative process detailed by the state, the bill will first go through the House. If approved, the Senate will see it next. After that, the governor's office if they if this thing passes both of the houses of the Texas Senate, the governor's probably going to sign this. That's the next step in case you didn't know. But it's like if it passes the house, then it goes to the Senate and the United States Congress and then if it passes in the Senate, it goes to the president, the chief executive, our governor or the governor of Texas or the governor of a state is generally speaking the chief executive of that state and acts in the place of a president. In the case of the federal level, it would go to Joe Biden to be signed or vetoed. The governor of Texas will be doing the same thing. But if and only if it passes the House, and then if and only if it passes the Senate. But that's it. Once it comes out of Senate, that's it. This means that this bill has already been through committee. Okay? It's not in committee. It's on the floor of the House in Texas right now with a huge amount of Bitcoin vocabulary stuffed in it. I think that this is good. It's good for Texas. It's good for the United States. It's good for the United States citizenry. It's certainly good for Bitcoin. And it's going to attract Bitcoin companies out the fucking wazoo if this passes the Senate and the House and goes to the Governor Abbott's office and he doesn't screw this up and he just signs it then Texas becomes a permanent safe haven for not only mining, not only coders. Did you catch that part of the language? Coding and programming is protected speech in Texas. That's what this bill is saying, especially when it comes to Bitcoin. Businesses, peer-to-peer transactions, all of it, all of it. The entire fucking ecosystem is spelled out in this bill, ladies and gentlemen. It makes me wish that I had never left Texas, but I had to, to, you know, I wanted to be supportive of my wife. I'm not sorry that I've left, but I will always proudly carry Texas with me. Fucking A, I love you guys. Kathy Woods, do you got something for me? She does. Kathy Woods Arc sells Coinbase stock for the first time in 2023. Ah, oh, this is a good day. Cointelegraph, Helen Parts. Kathy Wood's investment management firm, ARK Invest, is moving to take profits from its Coinbase share, selling its first batch of Coinbase stock in 2023. On March the 21st, shit, that was yesterday, ARK sold 160,000 Coinbase shares from its ARK Fintech Innovation Exchange traded fund for $13.5 million cash, according to an investor notification seen by Cointelegraph. 
the transaction became ARK's first sale of Coinbase stock in 2023. Following three months of active buying, the amount sold accounts for 23% of all Coinbase stock acquired by ARK so far in March, and about 9% of all Coinbase shares bought by the firm so far this year, so in the first quarter. After the sale, ARK holds nearly 1.6 million Coinbase shares bought in 2023. The shares are worth more than 132 million at the time of writing. The latest sale comes amid Coinbase stock, which trades as Coin, C-O-I-N, that's the ticker, seeing a significant surge in price with the shares touching multi-month highs this week. On March the 21st, Coin stock closed at $83.99, hitting the price level for the first time since September of 2022, according to data from TradingView. The stock had recovered more than 130% since the beginning of the year, but is still down about 54% over the past 12 months. The upward movement of the Coinbase stock price aligns with the more positive trend in the cryptocurrency markets, with Bitcoin hitting multi-month highs amid the ongoing global banking crisis on March 22nd. Yeah, there's not much else about ARK, except for this one. Uh, they basically go in and it's a bait... It's sort of a circle jerk on Coinbase, and I don't like Coinbase. So get back, get, getting back to ARK. The news comes soon after ARK made its biggest Coinbase stock purchase in 2023. On March the 9th, March the 9th, March the 9th, that's like just a couple of weeks, a week and a half ago, Woods Investment Manager bagged 301,437 Coinbase shares for its ARK Innovation EFT and 52,525 shares for the ARK Next Generation Internet ETF. At the time of the purchase, the stock batch was worth about $20.5 million, while its current value is nearly $30 million. So Kathy Wood's actually kind of doing a little bit of resurrection dance for, for uh, ARK Invest. Damn. But anybody who sells Coinbase stock is, is all peaches, in my opinion. Okay, let's see about this, this one. I, I haven't read this one because these are all live reads. In case you didn't know, <laughs> did you think that I read these before? No, I scan them a little bit and then I read them live because we do it live. Can chat GPT really replace crypto audits? <laughs> Not yet, say researchers. Liam J. Kelly, Ryan Gladwin, doing it for decrypt.co. Everyone's experimenting with this bullshit. Oh, I'm sorry, with chat GPT, even crypto exchanges. Coinbase recently turned to artificial intelligence to experiment with how accurately ChatGPT could carry out a token security review, a requirement for all tokens listed on the exchange. I know, it's hilarious. Oh, God. After reviewing 20 different smart contracts, the mega popular AI tool produced the same results as the manual review 12 times. However, of the eight misses, Five were cases where ChatGPT incorrectly labeled a high-risk asset as a low-risk, which is the worst-case failure. The experiment also revealed that the AI sometimes produced inconsistent results with the same prompt generating different outcomes, especially when moving from one iteration of ChatGPT to the next. Still, the Coinbase team is optimistic that they can increase the accuracy of ChatGPT to a point where it can be used as a secondary quality assurance check. Quote, we are not surprised because such smart contracts can be automatically audited by 
other traditional programming tools, a spokesperson from BlockSec, a blockchain security infrastructure firm, told Decrypt. However, it cannot work for complicated business logic, which are the main attack surfaces and the main loopholes that smart contract audits should <gasps> not sneeze on. They should focus on. Coinbase's optimism about using the tool for additional assurances was nonetheless echoed by other security experts in the crypto security space, quote, at this stage, it, AI, cannot replace a person, but it is an indispensable aid, including for tired or intentive auditors, <laughs> independent security researcher officers, note, told Decrypt via Twitter, quote, I think the quality assurance and fuzzing will definitely not be able to do without AI tools in the future. And that's the end of the article, fuzzing, in case you did not know. <laughs> A fuzzer is a piece of software that just provides a whole bunch of random inputs. And why do you want that? Well, if I've got a piece of software and I want to make sure that it like, like there's like a piece of software that is going to just like a calculator and it really only calculates integers and decimal places, you know, numbers. What if somebody inputs a whole bunch of letters into my software or a whole bunch of special characters or just says, hey, you know what? Read all of Microsoft's code base, right? Well, you know, unless I've prepared to, you know, sanitize my inputs, as it's known, I guess, uh, then I, that's a fuzzer is a way to say, yeah, you need to sanitize your inputs. Yeah, I, I, I gave you a bunch of, of dashes and your software basically did not return an error saying, are you an idiot? I want numbers, dipshit. Now, that's what a fuzzer does. It just makes a whole bunch of noise. That's why they call it fuzzy. It contains all kinds of shit and it's standard practice. But here's my concern. Of course, I'm concerned. I'm always concerned. If you think that at this moment, right now, somebody hasn't even already thought of or is right now thinking about having AI build shit coins and smart contracts, you are fooling yourself. I almost guarantee that within the next, within this year, you will still see a stream, an absolute torrent, a goddamn Niagara Falls worth of bullshit altcoins and shit coins coming out and they're going to be, yeah, you're right. Whole DeFi ecosystems are going to be defined, designed, perpetrated, written, released, and managed by artificial intelligence. And it's going to be a shit show that you've never seen before. You thought coming on the backside of 2017 was bad for altcoins? You have not seen anything yet because now the stupidity can be automated and almost functional. Functional enough to do what? Set your ass up for a rug pull. This is not over yet, not by a long shot, but we don't have any more time to bitch about that. Bitwise, asset management has announced new exchange traded fund aimed at long-term Bitcoin ETF investors. Nobody else has been able to do a spot one, so I guess this is, uh, I, I guess this is just futures says long-term. Let's find out. Uh, BTC Casey, be so good as to point me in the right direction from Bitcoin Magazine. Bitwise Asset and Management 
Creators of the Bitwise Crypto Industry Innovators ETF and Bitwise Web3 ETF have introduced a new, brand new, brand spanking new Bitwise Bitcoin Strategy Optimum Roll ETF. God, these people. Under the ticker BITC. According to the press release, the fund was built to offer investors regulated, professionally managed exposure to Bitcoin with a unique design that minimizes pricing inefficiencies that can emerge in Bitcoin-linked ETFs focused on front month or near month futures contracts. Okay, it is a futures contract. The ETF aims to address this by utilizing what it describes as an optimum role strategy that considers all available contracts and intelligently selects the contracts with the lowest level of contango or the highest level of backwardation in an effort to maximize long-term returns, end quote. Bitwise CIO Matt Haugen explained why this particular structure was chosen, quote, historically optimum role strategies in other asset classes such as oil and natural gas futures have outperformed strategic focused on front month or near month contracts over time, he said. Quote, we believe this same strategy can apply to the Bitcoin futures market as it continues to deepen and evolve, end quote. In addition, The fund structure as an SEC-regulated ETF will make Bitcoin exposure available in a format overwhelmingly favored by financial professionals, according to the press release, citing research by Bitwise and Vetify, exploring financial advisor attitudes towards crypto that found ETFs were the preferred method of investing for 68% of advisors. Mm, God, that was hard. Quote, if there's anything this past year has reinforced, it's that how you invest in crypto is as important as what you invest in, Bitwise CEO Hunter Horsley reiterated. Quote, the Bitwise Bitcoin Strategy Optimum Role ETF, God, that is a mouthful, guys, gives institutions, advisors, and their clients a professional, regulated solution for adding exposure to Bitcoin returns while bypassing the risks of custodying Bitcoin directly or investing through novel platforms. End quote. The custodian of the BITC ETF is BNY Mellon, and the fund's distributor is Foreside Fund Services, LLC. It should also be noted that holding Bitcoin future ETFs does introduce third-party risk not present for those who hold spot Bitcoin in self-custody wallets. Thank you, BTC Casey, for telling us that we already have a spot Bitcoin ETF. It's called my DCA my daily cost average every time I do it. I'm buying spot because I think the future price is going to go up. I already have a Bitcoin ETF. Thank you for reminding me that, uh, BTC Casey. Uh, Last up, Tim Draper apparently sang a Bitcoin song uh, and it was dedicated to SVB and world governments. I'm getting Vitalik Buterin and what was that? Hedgehog dance? No, the, the honey badger dance. What badger dance? Badger, 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 whatever. Savannah Fortis, please don't embarrass me. Cointelegraph.com. American venture capital investor and entrepreneur Tim Draper took the master stage at Paris Blockchain Week 2023 to give his keynote speech on the decentralization of everything, which he ended with a self-composed Bitcoin song. Oh, God. I'm not going to play it, guys. I promise I'm not going to do that to you. The speech opened by touching on the general distrust of cryptocurrencies, primarily Bitcoin, from centralized governments. Quote, I think they are absolutely panicking right now, end quote. Draper particularly angled his thoughts 
through the lens of the recent Silicon Valley bank crisis, which he called a crisis of trust. Quote, they have shaken our confidence in the banking system. What a really strong leader would do is build that trust back. Build it back better. Trust the banks that now remain and set them free, end quote. <clears throat> However, according to the investor, a smooth transition out of these latest bank failures will not be likely under the current leadership of the United States. He signaled the recent remarks against cryptocurrencies stemming from the White House. His whole speech boiled down to his belief that an inevitable change is coming stemming from decentralized financial tools like Bitcoin, calling it a drumbeat that keeps coming and coming, end quote. Further quote, everything got wealthier as more liquidity was created for the world. Every time there was a leap in currency. We're going through an anthropological change, which is hard for people. A lot of people resist it, end quote. He continued by saying that weak leaders will be revealed by those who resist it, whereas strong leaders embrace it and are looking for this change. He concluded his speech with a three-minute long song, which he wrote and performed, I promise you I was not play it. I will not. According to Draper, the song was written four years ago, but is more relevant than ever today. It touched on Satoshi, Bitcoin, banks, governments, and the want for a new world order. Before he began, he dedicated the song to SVB and all the banks that have failed and will fail. Quote, and I dedicated to all those governments that, if they don't trust their people and set them free, they will also fail and their currencies will fail. End quote. Jesus, that's a somber note. The song got a round of applause from the audience as well as the panelists who followed Draper to the master stage. He concluded his time by saying, blockchain, Bitcoin, and smart contracts are making up one of the greatest transitions in the history of the world and should be embraced. Okay, fine. I don't, you know, the whole singing of the song by somebody like Tim Draper on a stage at Paris Blockchain Week is about as cringe as Vitalik Buterin in a pony shirt doing the fucking badger dance. Sorry, sorry, but I just stop with the cringe. It's bad enough that you put ties on your suit speak. Is there any possible way that you can just be a human? That's going to do it for the morning roundup. Dad says jokes. <clears throat> what did Newton think when he discovered gravity? Shit is about to go down. Yeah, it is about to go down. I, I don't know when we're going to find out about FOMAC, but FOMAC is not going down, but its rate, its rate raising is causing shit to go down. Gravity is a force of nature. Don't piss it off. You thought Mother Nature was bad. Gravity, ooh, God dang, dude. Uh, Ask the guy that fell off the 20-story building what he thinks about gravity. Oh, that's right. You can't. The gravity of the situation is bad. But that doesn't mean that we have to be sad about it. It doesn't mean that we can't be joyful in spirit. It doesn't mean that we can't enjoy a sunny day. Nobody knows, and certainly not me, how any of this shit's going to shake out. I don't know if there will be bread lines. I don't know if there will be depression 2.0, recession 2.0 or 3.0. I don't know. I wish I could tell you. I don't know. The only thing I can do is, is do what I've always done. Figure out a way to, you know, to stay out of big cities. Right now I'm in a city, but I'm in a very small city. 
much better chances of people not losing their ever-loving minds the smaller the city. I still need to get out to the ur- urban-rural fringe, or at least, or at rather, at least the urban-rural fringe, hopefully a little farther. I don't want to be so far away from anybody that it takes an hour to see somebody I'm not related to. I don't want that. But I do want to make it as difficult as possible for like the population of New York that starts moving west when shit hits the fan that I'm not in their path. That's what I'm getting at. You know, and and Seattle, you know, if shit hits the fan and they start moving east because there's no food right? I don't want to be in their path either. Being on the eastern side of Washington, I'm pretty sure that I'm not going to see anybody from Tacoma or Seattle. I'm not going to be seeing anybody from Boise, right? I'm not going to see anybody from Portland, Oregon. They're all contained by distance. It's a natural barrier. Now, I mean, I'm not going to build a bunker either. I'm not going to stockpile, you know, like stupid amounts of food and like, you know, I mean, I've got a shitload of rice, but it's because I use a lot of rice and Hey, don't hammer me about the carbohydrates. I eat a shit ton of meat too. I just happen to like rice in either event. I don't have 50 pound sacks of beans, right? I'm not doing that. I do have water purification. I got a Berkey water filter, right? But I'm not the guy you see with, you know, a bunker out in the middle of nowhere that doesn't want to see anybody have any interaction with other human beings. See, that's bullshit. I mean, humans are social animals. Of course, we're the highest animal that there is, but we're still mammals. We have, you know, animal-type cells. We're not gods. You know, we're not floating around as spirits. We're animals. It's okay to say that. I'm not degrading humanity by saying that we are... We need other people. We're social animals. I'm not degrading humanity by saying that. So if you get offended by me saying that, you're listening to the wrong damn show. In either event, if you can get out, please get out. And I know that I know that I'm talking to somebody who's like, you keep saying saying it, and you make me feel bad every time. Don't feel bad. If you can't get out, what can you do? I don't have the answer for you, but just because you can't do what I'm suggesting doesn't mean that there's not another avenue to protect yourself, right? Or to safeguard your wealth. Maybe if you don't, if you can't get out of the cities and you have to use the bank, maybe buy, I don't know, buy Bitcoin. Of course, this is a Bitcoin show, so my audience probably already has Bitcoin and you already know this. But if your friends are having a problem figuring out what to do because they want to get out and they can't, and they don't have Bitcoin, maybe that's where you start. Maybe concentrate our energies on that. God knows we got to concentrate our energies on Nigeria. That Those guys are getting hosed. They're being forced into slavery all over again. Their own government. As if like, you know, their government's supposed to be their friend. No government is their citizenry's friend. I don't know how that works or why or what the psychology is, but I don't trust any of them to give a shit about anything but their own bureaucracies. It sounds glum. I know. I get it. But it doesn't have to be. I'm hopeful for the future. I just don't know what it's going to, what, what between now and the future is. 
that I think will be, that I'm hopeful for, I don't know what the space in between that looks like. And nobody really does. We can conjecture all we want, but we don't know. That's okay. Humans are built. We are purpose built to explore that unknown. Use it. You have it well within you to be able to explore the unknown. First, start by pulling out all those son of a bitchin' ideas that you've got in your mind and your heart and put them down in obsidian or even if you don't want to do that, start writing them down. Get them out of your head so that you can start compiling more information. I did not realize what an impediment it was to have the entire idea and circular loops and all the products and all the shit that I could think that could come out of a silver silvo pasture, I never realized the mental baggage that that was taken up until I got it out and was able to look at it. I don't care how you do it. If you got nothing but a box of fucking toothpicks, then figure out a way to diagram the ideas that are in your head out on a table and then take a picture of it. I don't know. But get your ideas out there because one of you guys has an idea, it's going to work, and it's going to do humanity good, but if it's chilling out inside your head, it ain't doing nobody shit. So get it out of your head, and I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin And, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.